My guest today is Michael McWhorter. My name is Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygons, Quality Control. Michael, thank you for stopping by the show today. I am so excited to talk to you about this Metal Gear Survive. What? What even is this thing, Mike? Well, I think that depends on your perspective of Metal Gear Survive, Charlie. I think the general audience views Metal Gear Survive as a quick cash-in by publisher Konami, uh, basically using all of the work that was done on uh, two Metal Gear Solid Five games and trying to find a way to continue to make money off of that. Can we can we visit the word quick real quick? Because <laughs> uh, Phantom Pain came out in 2015, right? There's nothing quick about this. Well, I, th- I think they were trying to have this game out last year. Uh, they delayed it more than once. Um, and uh, yeah, it's so I think the, it, the, the general assumption is that Metal Gear Survive is basically Konami reusing a bunch of assets uh, with kind of a, a very thin connection to Metal Gear Solid Five, Ground Zeroes, and Phantom Pain, in which you play one of the soldiers in Big Boss's army, uh, and one of the, the that soldier has been transported via wormhole to this weird location uh, that sure looks a lot like Afghanistan in Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Uh, so basically, almost everything that you have seen uh, in Metal Gear Solid Five pops up again in Metal Gear Survive, uh, and that means like character models, uh, land masses, vehicles, weapons. Um, but yeah, it's basically, as the title suggests, a survival game set in the Metal Gear world, and uh, you're dropped into this weird location. Um, someone, this you know, godlike voice, tells you that hey, you've been transported here, and and your goal is to. Uh, to survive in this land uh, while also trying to find a cure for this infection that has affected a bunch of other soldiers who were transported here via wormhole. Um, But yeah, the game is basically a big scavenge craft survive adventure game uh, with, I think, you know, not a ton of (laughs) strong ties to the Metal Gear Solid storyline. I came to the whole Metal Gear series very late. I'm going to be completely honest. The Phantom Pain, was my first Metal Gear game. But it's it's so very unlike other Metal Gear games, I'm told. Now, this is is even a departure further from that into a realm that I'm really, really comfortable with, this survival genre. I've spent more time in DayZ and Ark and Rust and all those games than is probably healthy. So when you say things like, I need to scavenge and I need to craft and there's other players on the map, like, how do I begin the game. What what do I have in my possession, and how do I build my capabilities from there? Well, I'm going to set the stage a little bit here, Charlie. We went to uh, a PR firm's office last week to go play a few hours of the single-player campaign of Metal Gear Survive. And we weren't exactly thrust into the very beginning of the game, but close enough. Uh, and what we had uh, at our disposal was a, a, a base camp that had already been established by a previous visitor. Uh, and so that had a a computer there, um, and it instructed us how to survive. It also had another survivor there named Reeve, I believe. 
and he was kind of a, you know, good looking, smart, cracking soldier who talked about what, you know, what's what's going on in this strange land that we've been transported to. Uh, and also uh, the computer pitches in to say, hey, you're going to need food and water. You're going to need to hunt animals. You're going to need to put, you're going to need to craft a, a makeshift spear. Uh, you're going to have to um, hydrate yourself. You're going to have to uh, find uh, materials. Um, but what it, it sends you on a few early missions saying, hey, go to this outpost, recover this data tape, bring it back. And I may find some recipes or information that will tell you how to survive in this land. Uh, and so that's kind of where you start. You have a, you know, a very basic homestead. Uh, you have some crude tools that you can put together. You have a bunch of crafting tables scattered around the, the home base so you can make weapons and gadgets uh, and various other things. Um, but it's, you know, it, it builds on a lot of what people played in Metal Gear Solid 5, which, you know, involved researching new technology, right? Basically a kind of more technical version of crafting, um, but what you're doing is you're, you're, you're putting together the basics. You're building a spear. You're learning how to build wooden barricades to protect your base. Um, you can build chain link fences, which looks very comical. <laughs> as your, your survivor somehow whips together this like eight foot tall chain link fence with razor wire at the top of it. Um, but yeah, the, early on, uh, it is, um, it is basic survival stuff. It's, it's finding, it's finding food, it's finding herbs, like medicinal herbs in the area. It's finding raw resources like wood and cloth and metal and wire and string and oil and all this stuff, um, that's, uh, just scavenged from, uh, pieces of, of, uh, machines and, and structures that have been brought through the wormhole uh, but also stuff that's just naturally occurring. So yeah, you're going out, you're, you're, you're basically just trying to keep yourself fed, keep yourself hydrated while also building up your arsenal of defensive and offensive weapons. Uh, and another big part of it is you're told that there are other survivors, still human survivors that have been brought to this land. And, uh, your job is to go out and find them. Um, we got to play up until we met our first survivor, uh, who was the who was a nurse who survived a helicopter crash um, and we had to stop as soon as we got her but um, you know I think you can basically extrapolate that that nurse is going to uh, provide you with better medical care so if you go out in the field and you get sick you get an infection you get a broken leg you get a bullet wound she's going to be able to treat you better um, but yeah I think that's the gist of it uh, survive and uh, help others survive I am, I'm way into this. One thing that I really liked about the Phantom Pain was just how intricate all of its systems were. But it felt like so much of it wasn't even used from mission to mission, right? Like all these missile launchers. No, I just, I need to get in there and get out very quietly. It, it, it sounds like an excellent, an, an excellent platform to really use all the parts and pieces that they created for the original game and, and put them into something completely different. I also really loved going out and saving people and, and extracting them with my hot air balloons, right? So this, this sounds right up my alley, man. I, I will say one thing I, I uh, forgot to mention, which you, which you just brought up, was the Fultoning system, right? Uh, and that was, you know, attach a balloon to a, to a soldier or an animal or a resource and, and have it brought back to the other base. You can do the same thing here, only you 
somehow craft a wormhole extractor. So basically you can put balloons on things and they go through a wormhole and they go right back to your base. Um, but yeah, it's like, like you said, it is building on those systems. It is essentially reusing the assets of, of the Phantom Pain. Some more detailed questions coming after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Is your New Year's resolution to get a better night's sleep? Are you struggling to get some shut-eye? If you answered yes, I think you're in luck because I've got a good tip for you. Head on over to Mattress Firm, America's neighborhood mattress store. They're going to let you stretch your budget further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep in 2018. But they're more than just the mattress experts. They've actually got the whole package. They're going to help you transform your mattress into a bed with things like adjustable bases and sheets, headboards, and bedroom decor. They've got you covered literally and figuratively. Now, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see the deals that I'm talking about right now. They're even going to give you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure that you're happy with your purchase. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. We're talking with Michael McWhorter here today on this week's episode of Quality Control, and we're talking about Metal Gear Survive, which is which is using many of the parts of the Phantom Pain Buffalo to make something completely different. Um, one of the things uh, that you got early on in the Phantom Pain was your little iDroid. Am I getting that right? Mm-hmm. The iDroid? Oh, I got it right. Um, I loved that second screen implementation. Do they have anything like that for Metal Gear Survive? Well, you are equipped with an iDroid, um, but it's not really used in the same way that it was in in uh, Phantom Pain. It does pop up with like you know overlay information, some menu related stuff, um, but it seems like much more of like a gameplay and storytelling device than like an actual tool like you could use in Phantom Pain. And I'm going to be able to do it on my phone. Well, yeah, yes, on your on your iDroid phone, yes. Oh, but not my actual physical phone here in the real world, like I did no, with. Oh, you know, okay. I not that I not that I'm aware of. We certainly didn't see any of that functionality in in, in Metal Gear Survive. Rats! Another nerdy milsim question. Tell me about optics. Do you get a pair of binoculars? Are you able to zoom in with the iDroid? Like, because that was a big part of scouting things ahead of time in the original game. You know, I don't remember. I don't think we got access to um, any kind of like optics related gameplay. I like, I don't remember doing any kind of like targeting or tracking. Um, but basically, because mainly what you're up against are you're up against wildlife and you're up against these kind of like zombie like creatures that have been infected with this crystalline substance. Um, so basically, they're like low level zombies that are walkers or they're called wanderers in here. Uh, and they are basically like almost headless creatures who like blindly swat at you. Um, and then there are other types of, of wanderers, like one that is basically like this giant has a massive bulbous crystalline head and almost its entire body is covered in protective crystals and it will approach your base and explode. And the only way to really take it out is to like shoot it out at the legs. Um, but yeah, so I guess one of the things we should talk about, Charlie, uh, 
and I don't know if this is part of your line of questioning, is how single player and cooperative multiplayer tie together. You you, you took the the momentum right away. Like I want to know: are, are we going to have other people on the map, and and what's the end game here? Tell me about that. So I'm not sure what the end game is. I can't speak too much to that, but I will say that. Uh, there are two very distinct parts of this game that, that do tie into each other. There's the single-player campaign in which you're going to be interfacing with Reeve and survivors and the computer, and they'll be sending you on mis- missions. Um, and a lot of that is, I think, just like building up your base and, and strengthening your character and adding new things to your arsenal. And then there is the cooperative multiplayer part of it, which is kind of this wave-based four-player co-op survival mode. Oh, wow. Like a horde mode thing. Yep. Very much like that. Oh, wow. So basically what you do is while you're playing the single player campaign, you can go up to the computer and you can basically say, hey, put me into a four player co-op game. And then you go into this kind of like holographic white space, like this clean room uh, where you can hang out with other players and you can choose which mission you want. And I, I believe Konami is promising like daily, weekly, and maybe monthly challenges called orders. So basically structured um, maps or like gameplay tweaks on specific maps. Um, And you, you, you team up with a group, you go in and you basically start up a machine. You you can fortify your base, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You can scavenge for supplies fortify your base with defenses and like fences and, and, uh, and uh, like turrets and whatnot. If, if you have those in your arsenal um, and then uh, you'll start up this machine, which is called the digger. And that will attract the attention of all of the, the zombie like creatures in the area. And they'll keep coming in in waves. And the longer you survive, the better the payoff is at the end. Um, so this goes like from a, a grading system. So like, like F, E-D-C-B-A-S. Right, right, right. Yep. And so so basically you just try to survive for as long as possible against, you know, very large numbers of these wanderers coming in. And you're all setting up fences, trying to, to uh, you know, block their pathway. Um, and But in, in between rounds, you can go out into the field and scavenge for more stuff. Like you can go and try and find new supplies so you can craft weapons at a table. You can try and go out and find walker gears or other vehicles. Um, yeah, so you basically, it's this like, you know, defend, survive, scavenge gameplay loop. Um, but what's interesting is that what you take from your single player campaign is all that you have in the co-op and vice versa. Oh. So you basically, like we did one round of co-op very early in our single, single player experience. And really all we had were like the ability to make fences, barricades and spears. Um, and then, you know, we went in, we, we survived for a few rounds. We didn't make it all the way to the end, but we were rewarded with a bunch of, um, raw materials and we could take those back into the single player game and, and, you know, you know, build new weapons, uh, build up our character and then go back into single player and be better stocked. And then we, so there's a, an interesting dynamic there where you can go back and forth between those two modes and kind of strengthen yourself, uh, to tailor your character and your arsenal to, to the situation. So it's interesting. Um, I think it also, but it comes with the downside in that the game is always online. Um, we were playing the single player campaign and we lost our server connection and were kicked off right back to the title screen. So that's kind of a bummer. 
Um, and then obviously it's 2018 Charlie. So this game is, uh, has microtransactions. Um, you can basically buy coins, then spend on, I think supplies or supply drops. We didn't really get a close look at what it is that you can buy, but that's a part of the game. Well, you could buy coins in, in the Phantom Pain. That's, that's not terribly new, but I like, all right, we'll have to, well, what's another, another loot drop story we got to follow. And all right, I'll be putting in an expense report for some loot crates. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> now we've got a long, a beautifully long write up here on the website. Uh, go ahead and Google Don't Ignore Metal Gear Survive at Polygon, or I'll put a link in the show notes. We've also got 40 minutes of gameplay there as well on our YouTube channel and embedded within the story. Thank you so much, Michael, for sharing this story with me and with our listeners. I'm, I'm super excited about this now. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think if you liked the gameplay of uh, Phantom Pain, you're probably going to like some stuff in here too. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a whole lot more over on Polygon.com, our internet website, where we spend a lot of time thinking about the Nintendo Labo line of toys. Did I say that right, Michael? Uh, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Nintendo Labo. I know my family and I are super excited about them. We hope you are too, but uh, we got some we got some comments and critiques. So check it out at Polygon.com. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Michael McWhorter. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.